All right. Welcome back to Web3 Whispers, where we talk to the Gigabrains and the Nons of Power Web3. I'm Matthias. I'm the co-host, Steve. Hey, guys. Uh, Matthias, you sound really tired, man. That was the... I think you normally start off <laughs> with the, day. all right, all right. And then this one's just like a, all right. Like, this one's going to start with like, fuck. You're right, well, dude. You're just, welcome back. <laughs> second, second podcast of the day. Matthias is a little tired, guys. But uh, I'm bringing Pre-market. a lot of energy. I'm on my second <laughs> second cup of coffee, first thing of pre-workout. And uh, we're we're uh, stoked to do this podcast with uh, the anarchist himself, DePond's project founder for the plague. <laughs> Uh, sitting in his his lofty office, looks like a library, hasn't hung any of his pictures up, it's got an echo. Um, but Depons, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you started in in the space and, and where you are now. Yeah, hey, uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, sorry that there is an echo, if it's still there. Um, no, it's so- all good. We'll just use it as proof that, uh, that you can make a lot of money in Web3. <laughs> that's a Actually, flex I made, real office. i made this money before web3 uh, <laughs> yeah. well, don't tell them I, don't tell the listeners that <laughs> I, i'm probably behind after uh, the last couple of days anyways i'm, I'm probably <laughs> lost more money than i've made in web3 at this point but yeah um, maybe we don't talk about gains during a bloodbath that's fair <laughs> yeah so uh in crypto in 2017 and i got uh, wrecked like everybody else well like most people did in 2017 and then um kind of went dormant i held my positions and i went dormant until 2020 and you know when everything started to come back alive i got interested in it again and uh, unfortunately i didn't cost average uh, throughout that last uh, dormant period and it was another bear i won't make that mistake again but anyways um and then, uh, so crypto have been in, been in it for a while now. The NFT space I got into at first with land. I bought land in the sandbox and I bought land in the central land because they seem like no brainers um, being metaverse plays for the long run. Um, there's so many metaverses now. I don't know if they were no brainers, but at the time they were. Um, and then uh, I just got more interested in NFTs after doing that and understanding the technology about it. Our understanding the technology more. I minted a bunch of garbage that worthless today and uh, started learning more about the space. Of course, I came across the apes. And uh, in late October, early November, I bought a mutant and a uh, regular board ape. And uh, I bought those because I believe that they were going to be a better play. Uh, be- Better play than Bitcoin, which is basically what I traded for. I traded my Bitcoins for an ape and uh, and a mutant, and uh, I thought it was gonna be a better play just because I could see the the pop culture trying to starting to accept those apes. Like, maybe the first rapper was to adopt it, but it was somewhere around that time. And now Anyways, all the rappers have one. Yeah, now all of them have them. It was before Snoop, um, but after I think maybe Little Baby or somebody. No, it was before him too. It doesn't matter. But uh, so, anyways, as I've I started a Twitter account after I got my apes because I figured out you had to understand or you had to be on Twitter to understand what was happening in the space. And um, yeah, social media account I've had, I've had actually I despise social media, um, but I'm here now and now I've got Twitter and Discord and all this other crap that I'm getting pinged with on a daily basis. And so uh, <laughs> yeah, here I am. Well, glad to have you, man, and, and thanks for telling us your story. I mean, it seems like you've had uh, about as seasoned as a ride as as most, and uh, we're we're 
pretty excited to have you. I mean, uh, shouts out to to Nene on the Shogun War Discord for connecting us with the pawns. He's a he's a huge proponent of any project he believes in, which I think is great, and that's how it should be. And um, but anyways, yeah, thanks for having us, man. And and so, can you tell us a little bit about about your project, the plague, and you know what it's going for? And I, and I think Nay had a question for you that that I need to ask you, which is plague a cult. <clears throat> is plague a cult? <laughs> the plague <laughs> Um, I'm, uh, I don't want a cult, so this plague is not a cult, but of course, <laughs> I don't know if any cult says that they're a cult either. So yeah, I was going to say, would a cult leader tell us that it's a cult or not? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I, I deny it's a cult. You can figure it out for yourself, but, um, so the plague, the per the purpose of the plague, it's a little bit, well, it's a lot different than the uh, most of the other NFT projects in the space in that, uh, our focus is primarily um, decentralizing opportunity. And that's a fancy way of saying, uh, well, first kicking the bad guys in the space, but, and doing that several different ways. And we can talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. Um, but more specifically, just like any other industry or any other new technology that comes about, uh, there's a race to, gain control over it and uh, we're already well behind it's already there's all it's, even though it's a decentralized technology very very little is actually decentralized as you saw with luna um they it was a decentralized stable coin but then they halted the chain how can you do that if it's decentralized so it very little is actually decentralized um and so what happens is is you get this concentration of power and they screw you just like uh you know you get concentrated power in all of the web 2 communications and they can tell you what you can say they can show you they they make they control what you see through algorithms and uh and and with the blockchain specifically that can become a nightmare and will become a nightmare for all of us if everything we do is tracked through the blockchain which ultimately is probably where things are headed so with us at the play we want to decentralize the opportunity the best we can in the end we might lose but we're going to do our part uh, trying to change trying to flip the narrative away from the influencers specifically in the nft space that are um they control everything i mean at this point there's, there's all the backroom deals that are happening and and uh, the pumps and so we want to be the influencer through numbers uh, with the frogs and that's one part of it and i'm going to talk one about one more part of it and then i'll shut up and see what questions you have um, <laughs> but then we want to use our resources so the frogs are a marketing resource really because they're they're crazy and they go all over twitter and and we'll have other things that they can do um, and then we want to use our dollars or eth or whatever it's going to be to promote web3 businesses other projects that share our values and try and create some things that are of value for web3 and the blockchain and not just the same copy pasta stuff that we're all seeing on a daily basis in the nft space specifically mm -hmm. and uh and what are some businesses that you uh that you feel like promote the same values and have those same values if you want to just speak a little bit on those like yeah, we'll, just give we'll us an example of one or two yeah well some we don't know yet because we're, we have a, a process called the frog tank which hasn't started yet we're only a couple of weeks out of mint and so we're mm -hmm. kind of organizing who's going to do what in the background because we didn't start with a big team and try and make that team rich 
Um, we wanted to hire frogs and we had to know who the frogs were before we could start that process. So we started with a very small team of people who are going to execute. And so we're now we're filtering through frog and see who, who can do what, but we're going to have a process called the frog tank. And so these businesses will present to us. It's a, it's a knockoff of the shark tank, obviously. Yeah, got yeah. that. <laughs> it's not very clever, but it's, uh, it, it gets the point across. Um, and so we don't know what businesses yet in some cases, but I'll give you an example of one thing that we're doing that should be done hopefully in a week, maybe two weeks max. Um, have you ever heard of the website Drudge Report? I haven't, Matthias, have you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a it's an American news site, DrudgeReport.com. And it's basically a news aggregator. And it's very, it's very famous for different reasons. But um <laughs> so what we want to do is uh, we, we, we've got what we call the WAGME report. It's a direct knockoff. It's going to look just like the Drudge Report and it's going to consolidate. <laughs> it's going to consolidate the news in the NFT space because today you only see what you can find on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times uh, that news is, uh, well, it's going to be biased for one and right. all news curated. is biased, but it's, it's going to be curated by your algorithm. So you may not even see some things that are happening. Um, and so we're going to concentrate, uh, we're going to pull and use specifically out of Twitter and other sources. So that somebody like, for instance, with the whole thing that was going on with Azuki, mm -hmm. if you didn't know it was happening, you're going to see all this random crap on Twitter and you're not going to know what is actually happening. Right. You got mm -hmm. one guy who, who created a fake post and acted like he was the, the whatever that guy's Agabon or whatever the guy's name yeah, is. Yeah, I saw that actually. That ended up on my my timeline, so I don't know what that says about me. And at first I saw it, I was like, oh, here he goes. It's, he's taking the money and learning. And But um, <laughs> it ended up being a, uh, a scam and so, or a sham. But a lot yeah, of people believe the, the, the fake news. Same thing with Luna. There's a bunch of news out there, but you don't know whether it's true or not. So um we're going to try and create a spot where people can go and see what's happening and try and get the truth now that's the short-term mm -hmm. goal for the long term if we want to be a true web3 business then we've got to decentralize that and so to truly decentralize it it becomes a crowdsourced news site that has checks and balances by the crowd to see what's true and what's false and so that might and it might fail but we'll find out one way or another no, I, I love that. And I think you raised like a couple um, pretty interesting points. One being this idea that, you know, fake news, quote unquote, can be a slippery slope. And it tends to be in, in on, on Twitter, especially. I mean, the example you gave, like with Zaga, this fake Zagabond post, it's like all it takes is one person, specifically like one influencer to not check the details or just to leverage it as a as a means for, you know, pumping whatever uh, pumping whatever bags he wants to pump. He just yeah. leverages it and he creates his own posts, you know, coming off of it. And it becomes tougher and tougher as you layer on all these, you know, sham posts on top of each other. It becomes tougher and tougher to really see what the true story is unless you go to the unless you go to the source. And so I like the idea that you have of creating something that is, you know, raw, raw news, like the news that it's truth, not the news through the, the mouth of influencers, because I think that that gives an opportunity for people to have, you know, easier access to doing their own research, which you know, that remains to be seen whether or not we can be <laughs> bullish on uh, do your own research or not in the Web3 space. But <laughs> I'd like, yeah, I, yeah I, I have quixotic, uh, quixotic dreams and hopes. And I hope that uh, I hope that down the line, we start seeing a lot more uh, people actually looking into the projects that they're going into and not just FOMOing in. 
Well, there's going to be tools that we create as well. But so, I mean, the problem with the WAGME report is going to be that you're basically trading one set of biases for another, and you're trusting that our biases are better than theirs, which, you know, I'm going to say they are, but that's me. I could be a complete scammer too, right? In the long run. So, um, <laughs> but at least the, you're, but at least you're spreading out the bias across a community rather than through the lens of one person. Right. That that's that, that's the first part. The second part is is when we when we try and move it to a decentralized model. Um, so the problem, uh, the the issue with trying to say something is true or false is you have to um, first of all you have to know what is true. Exactly. And second of all, uh, you know you've got depending on your worldview, what's true or false could be different. And so if you decentralize it properly, which again, we may or may not be able to do, if you decentralize it properly, you take one person's biases out of the equation and you substitute it for a um, aggregate bias of, you know, tens of thousands of people if it's successful. And mm -hmm. hopefully if you do that, you get the truth out of it. But that's having one person or one set of people decide what's true is just as dangerous as getting bad information. So you just have to be careful with how we do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, it seems it seems like uh, you're you're a thoughtful guy, and you think about the, uh, the decisions you make as much as uh, as much as Nay will will uh, tout the anarchy and whatnot. But um, <laughs> I, it, it feels like you're going to try to make the right choice, which I think is important because I mean. Um, it's it's much less dangerous in my opinion than just kind of doing something blindly and not thinking about the uh, the the outcome or the impact. So I'm yeah, excited to see what that. The, the, anarch the anarchist label is funny because I'm not really an anarchist, but I am definitely an anti-elitist and anti-central centralization uh, person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, anything gets dramatized in Web three, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah. some of that too is is something that a lot of people need to get to, like that that trust, the uh, distrust of the establishment, distrust of like you know decentralized, semi or uh, touted as decentralized things that a lot of people that are in Bitcoin really understand or have that foundation. But people in maybe in ETH or maybe in um, other cryptos, like they just kind of don't have that, or even in NFTs like especially don't have those kind of uh, principles, which is mm -hmm. interesting. No, we're all here for the money. I mean, I got here for the money and then I liked the decentralization after. It wasn't the reverse. I didn't come here for the decentralization. I came here wow. for the money and then, and then liked the decentralization. Definitely not me. I'm here on pure purposes only. Um, you know, <laughs> definitely not here for the money. <laughs> yeah, I'd give my money to anyone if I could, right? <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, but no, I think it is. It's a good... Um, it's an interesting way to think about like groups though, these, these DAOs that you're talking about, like trying to decentralize things because at some point, like, I don't know if, if people have ever gone through this exercise of trying to organize like a group vacation, they kind of see it's really tricky to have a, a group agree on something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, what do you yeah. want to eat? Chinese? Oh no, Mexican. Oh, well there's, you know, and it's so um, personalized of like, there's pros and cons to literally everything. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. has a pro and a con, right? So it makes it very interesting. Really, you can't really truly decentralize anything. Um, well, you can. You won't get, like you said, you won't get anywhere. Or then it becomes a majority rules 
environment which is not always a good thing either so mm. it's it's a it's a it's a balance for sure and DAOs, as, as as i've the further i've gotten into this the more i realize the DAOs are nonsense anyways everybody that says they have a DAO is lying. <laughs> they're lying because especially if they're operating in the united states because you can't have a DAO in the u.s um it's it's you you can have a voting DAO, but the they don't own the assets um yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a complete farce, uh, and and we've tried to figure out how to do it, and you can't. And the way the only way you can do it is if you KYC'd in ten ninety nine everybody that was in the DAO, and then then and then you're not, um, then you're not a Web three business with anons uh, running around, right? And and nobody wants to KYC or get ten ninety nine. So yeah, any unless unless your DAO is sending you a ten ninety nine, if you live in the US, it's not a DAO. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like risking one one overarching motif in in DeFi or or you know Web three uh, at the uh, hope of achieving another. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so how do you feel about anons and and being pseudonymous, anonymous? You're anonymous, or? Um, oh, okay. Cool. So I understand the uh, the docs dev um, push because. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot of scammers. The the other side of that is uh, I see a lot of these NFT projects pushing that they've got doxed devs or doxed founders, but they could be completely incompetent and stupid. You know, and and so so what? They're doxed, and he's or still be a, or still be a scam. I think you know even yeah. Matthias has said like there's plenty of scammers that are doxed. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And so one of the things that I like about the NFT world and the web three concept is the uh, the fact that you can be in a non and i and I, personally i i enjoy it and uh i think it, it adds to the fun of the of the space and the mystery of you know in 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 their head everybody has a picture of what i look like and they're all wrong and so that just that just makes it fun <laughs> You mean you're not, is, you're not a seven foot six uh, bald guy with with, right. uh, <laughs> with the horn rimmed glasses and <laughs> exactly. There's not been a person yet that I've pictured in my head what they look like and that they've actually turned out that way. So yeah, it's uh, the same thing with voices too, which I find is always funny. Like you always kind of picture what someone's voice will sound like when you're talking yeah. to them on DeFi. Like <laughs> I always picture yeah. Nays having like a really high pitched shrill voice, but I'm sure he's gonna come on and just be like. Hello, guys. Like, just very deep voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was, I'm convinced that uh, when I did my first AMA, people thought we're going to think that I sounded like Morgan Freeman or something like that. And so they were, they were all pretty disappointed. <laughs> I love that. It's pretty funny, though. But, I mean, it is interesting to see some of the um, – just bring it back to, like, some of the regulations and, like, uh, how many – I don't know how many crypto attorneys there really are in the country, especially yeah. in the U.S. It's like, you're talking about DAOs and stuff like that. Like – I don't know that like, I mean, I know people are hiring counsel, but it doesn't seem like very many attorneys are really that, that versed in it. I mean, how, how mm. versed can you really It seems like they kind of have to become versed, right? Like they, they sign right. on and then it's like a learning process for them. Kind yeah. Of well, I, I don't think, I don't, I'm not an attorney and I don't have any background being an attorney, but uh, I don't, just from what I've learned from uh, how I, how you would have to form a DAO to properly do it. I don't think there's going to be very many DAO attorneys. Because I don't think there's going to be very many DAOs. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the only way you can really set it up and how we plan on setting it up 
is you have a corporation that is uh, that owns the assets and you can set up the corporate structure so that it's directed by a, a vote um, and that vote would be the DAO. So the DAO is a voting entity and not an ownership entity, but that's not what's being sold um, by all these places that say, you know, we're a DAO, you own the assets. Assets, um, the person that has the wallet owns the assets legally and uh, you, you can't really like these people that are rugging, um, you know, I know that there's some folks that are going to try and sue them and stuff like that. But if they provide a JPEG <laughs> at the end of the yeah. day, they could say, oh, we failed, you know, we're a failed business. And, uh, and what are you going to do? You know, it's there's no there's no contract. I mean, it's it is the wild, wild west. It won't stay that way forever. Um, and especially with all this, you know, the, the Luna thing happening, the regulators are sniffing mm -hmm. around. All this stuff is going to it's going to be a lot more controlled, unfortunately, but it's, uh, it's the wild, wild west right now. Yeah. yeah. So do you see it as like, it's always, there's always going to be some part of like, you know, of crypto that's like a dark jungle and then some will get sanitized and colonized and, you know, like, you know, um, Coinbase obviously, or, um, Robin hood, you know, you can, you can get crypto, but it's like, you're not really custodying it. Coinbase, of course. Well, yeah, Coinbase, you're not either, but, um, so what you think some part of it's always going to maintain like an unregulated kind of wild west feel i'm hopeful it does because i think that's kind of fun so i think only because um government is incompetent too and they really really understand what they're, <laughs> what they're, what they're doing so yeah. i hope so but i can mm -hmm. but because they're incompetent i could also see them passing something that has unintended consequences that just kills us but um i'm hope i hope i'm hopeful too that at least some of it is maintained, um, but I have no hope, even before the Luna deal, that they're that they weren't going to nix the stablecoin thing, and then then I believe we're uh, that's that's trouble because if you have to use a digital dollar and everything you do on that digital dollar is tracked, then you know you're toast. Yeah. So you uh, are you believing? Are you more apt to believe the uh, theory that Luna was killed, uh, economic hitmen, or took him out, or? What's your yeah, conspiracy yeah. theories now? We're talking. <laughs> yeah, what are, those theory podcast? Were, what are those hitmen were um, sent by the government? I don't know. Or whether they just were found a way to make a lot of money from shorting. You know, that could be it too. So, but yeah, it's, it looks like, and, and I'm not a, you know, when it comes to people that are, you know, investigating what's happening on the blockchain, that's not really my expertise. But just from what I've seen, um, if it's true, what I've seen, it seems like that's they definitely it was definitely a coordinated attack but whether that was like uh for for profit or for the government i don't know yeah i mean i could see it being either one honestly like i was telling people like i you know anybody on crypto twitter would short luna like if they could do it they would they would crash any of them to to make enough money like they would do it for less money than those guys made killing Luna. Like, like, for sure, you know, for sure. If they that's could do why, it. <laughs> that's why, I mean, one of the first things I said when I got on Twitter and I had no, and nobody saw it anyways, was, you know, wag me is, is baloney. It's, it, it's, it is not a thing. You know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, we can't all make it. No, it's, this is a, especially in crypto itself, it's a zero sum game. There's a, there's only so much money. Uh, and until the new schmucks jump in, and then there's still a, then there's still a, uh, only a certain amount of money, and so there's gonna be winners and losers in this game, and there's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, the the winners are the ones that are more informed and make educated decisions, and the ones that just kind of luck out. 
Yeah. Well, that's my, that's my view on it at least. I mean, I, I would like to think that you should put the, the more work you put into something, especially like in the space, the more it pays off, but it's not, obviously not how it works. You definitely have a better chance of winning if you yeah. under those circumstances, but ultimately the ones that are going to make the most are the ones that have the, the points, which is again, yeah. why the plague is trying to decentralize that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And the capital. Yeah. Deploy. I mean, I definitely think that like, everybody can do really well like we can grow the pie and you know like we're we can onboard new people or you know definitely definitely stuff like that but i feel like it's hard to underestimate how um self-sabotaging people are you know what i mean like i'm giving the benefit of the doubt like not not that they're dumb but like the things that people will do that you're like why like why would you do that like it's like you're like there's no limit to that you know i also feel like part of the onboarding process into the space is failing like you know i think every single project founder we've talked to and every single contributor anyone that we've talked to so far has started off their story by saying how much money they lost yeah 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 for sure but the, the other part of the most important part in my opinion is we have to onboard them onto something that is something i mean yeah what what is actually being produced here uh, and that, and that's that. It's unsustainable. It's always been unsustainable to have a bunch of money flowing in, and not have a product mm-hmm. tanked because of the whole, you know, founder had three failed projects things, right? Mm-hmm. But what was Azuki providing tangibly before that? Culture. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, like, it was nothing I mean, besides their bomber jacket. Um, <laughs> it, right. it was, yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on Azuki. You can say the same thing for the frogs right now. We haven't delivered anything yet. Um, right. But if you look at the projects that are out there, what I mean, doodles, what have they actually produced? Other than yeah, no, that's the thing. And I think a lot of people would argue. Oh, sorry, I couldn't tell if that was my echo or you. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I mean, I think the one thing that a lot of people would argue is it's the community, but like when anyone has access to a discord, like really, is it the community? You know, like you do have like the, I have this thing that you don't have, but like, that's not enough, right? Like that's the point you're getting at is like, there's nothing palpable there. There's nothing that there's no real, there's no real benefit to having one, you know, to having a, having X, uh, X NFT over like another person other than like the clout. And so like, that's, that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Like there's nothing palpable. There's no the community is there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you get. I have an ape now just because I'm going to flip it. I'm mutant, and I, and I had like I said, I had the apes before, um, mm-hmm. and they provide you clout on Twitter, right? Because people mm-hmm. think you're an expert because you have an ape. Um, and now, now the apes are actually producing something. But like in the case of the doodles, you're you're getting community, but. I mean, what does that mean? You know, like if I wanted to buy a doodle before everything dropped and a doodle was 20 ETH and I was paying $60,000, what am I getting for that? Yeah, it's basically, exactly. you're, you're basically getting a Twitter Rolex is what you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's only so many Twitter Rolexes that people are going to buy. So that's what I'm saying. And it's not just NFTs. Same thing with crypto. All these coins, I mean, there's very few of them that actually have a product. And until something is being produced, it's all fake money. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely interesting because I think it begs the question of like, what is value more so than anything? Because you could you could very well make the same thing. I mean, and I think is actually pretty accurate for um, traditional art. You know what I mean? Like what is a Mona Lisa? But, you know, basically provenance 
canvas, uh, old canvas and and paint, right? It's yeah. just and I and I've made that argument yeah. and I agree with it, but the Mona Lisa is a yeah. one of one. It's not a yeah. one of ten thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, maybe one of one art or something like that. Or <laughs> yeah, maybe I the know, Mona Lisa. I can buy, I can buy that. <laughs> maybe the Mona Lisa wouldn't wouldn't be worth nearly as much as it is if there was nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine other Mona Lisas with different traits. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think the idea too is that you're. If I think it, everything kind of leads back to this, like everything's a Ponzi. Like if everything's a Ponzi and nothing's a Ponzi, then it's kind of like all, which one do you really want to play? Like things are only worth something because other people will pay for them, right? Like there's other demand other than like, yeah, like, other than like maybe food and, and if you're hungry or shelter, if you're, you know, like <laughs> we go back to the pyramid here, <laughs> but like, you know, other than that, you're kind of picking uh, which Ponzi is best designed and you have the best odds and you're trying to like, so I think that's why I tell people to get out of the stock market if they, I don't really tell them as financial advice, but I say like, you have a better shot not getting eaten alive by sharks in crypto. It's less, it's still rigged to some degree, but it's less rigged than the stock market. And let me, yeah, and let me really quick, uh, let yeah. me really quickly add, throw in a question there, inject a question to you, Depons, because, you know, you do have a project. And so I guess flipping, flipping your, uh, your statement on its head and, and asking you the question, like, what is the product that, that uh, Plague is offering? Is it the WAGME uh, news aggregator? Or, or what yeah. do you have in mind? So, so currently, like today, if you look at what our product is, it's nothing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so you could say our product is scam busting. That's not really a product. That's a service, and it's going to be a free service essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not really built out 100% yet. It's so it's almost there, but it's not. The process isn't built out 100%. So, what is the product today? It's nothing. What is the product going to be? It's going to be a um, the best way I can describe it, with, and that so people can can understand it, and, and it's not it's not a perfect analogy. Is just think about a uh, a VC for Web three, but without the um, blood suckingness around it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. if, if if you've got a good Web three idea, and you bring it to us, and so you've got the idea, and you've got the skills to do part of that idea, but you don't have all the resources, whether that's um, talent or whether that's money. Um, we can help with the rest of, we can fill, help fill the gaps of the resources and help build that company. And so our product is threefold. Well, really mainly twofold. It's the cleaning up the NFT space, which again, is not a product that we're going to be selling. Uh, mm -hmm. You can call it a community service. And then the web three focused businesses are going to be the products. Again, we don't know what all those are yet because we haven't started the frog tank process, but the WAGME report is one. Um, there's two other big ones that we're talking about in the background that I won't talk about here, but they're web three focus. Um, and when people say web three, it's, it's a buzz term. What I mean when I'm saying web three, it's taking a current web two product and converting it to web three, um, which in some cases is would will make it better. And in, in some cases, doesn't need to be done. So, and, and you don't know whether it needs to be done or whether it's going to work, how you think it's going to work until you start doing it. So today there's no product. The product. Um, and that's, that, that's the case with a lot of NFT projects, but unfortunately, most of them are promising games. And there's only so many games that are going to be adopted and played. And especially over a period of time that is going to be worth um, being part of that project if that's why you're there if you're there for we'll call it utility the 
the game's got to be developed. That's the first hurdle. The game's got to be good. That's the second hurdle. And the game's got to be adopted. That's the third hurdle. That's 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 a lot of big hurdles to overcome in a space where hundreds of projects are being launched on a monthly basis and 80% of them are promising a game. Now, mm-hmm. now play to earn game, but what does that even mean? Yeah. And I guess on that note, um, how does how does your community, the plague community, how do they benefit from this like non blood sucking VC service? Um, I mean, obviously, question. aside from uh, aside from being able to execute on their own volition, I'm assuming that that there's going to be a community based decision making model. But um, yeah, well, that's yes. So that I can't tell you because I've got a medium article that I'm hopefully going to have out tomorrow that explains it. Um, Ooh, but, exciting. But they will. Um, how they benefit from the utility of that. Again, everybody has things, otherwise you get in trouble. I could get in trouble. Uh, how they benefit from the utility of that is going to be um, out in that, in that Medium article. Well, I look forward to reading it. Yeah, so yeah. do you write all the Medium articles? Or I really yeah. like how they're written. So, oh, yeah, okay, do, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to operate on the assumption that everything DePons says he's not, he actually is. So DePons is actually an attorney and he is an <laughs> artist. <laughs> uh, no, I like, I like it, man. Thank you. Um, well, so that's where, that is something that's kind of interesting. Like you're talking about the people, it, do you think that more people are going to be getting in trouble actually, like actually in trouble or do you think I, that's going to I don't think so, unless they pass retroactive regulation, which, you know, who knows what they would do. But I mean, I think there's some people that could get in trouble, um, but I don't I don't think there's good. I I don't think there would be much people thrown behind bars or anything like that. As long as you're doing things above board and you're not telling somebody if you buy this doodle derivative, uh, you're going to make a thousand dollars a month or something like that. That's a straight yeah. security. You can't say stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, th- I don't think so. I hope not, because there's a lot of people that just don't understand um, the way the world works, and they're they're just copying what they see around uh, around them. And and there's people doing stupid things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, that kind of reminds me of another point that you made um, earlier that I was going to bring up, but just forgot in the moment was uh, about how you know if regulations are injected into the space, it's going to be through like one of two lenses, right? It's going to be through either the lens that the government is, you know, incompetent and they just can't regulate it or that the government is, you know, so incompetent that they're going to try to regulate it and it's going to have unknowing negative impact on the space, right? That, that acts as a detriment. And, uh, you know, I, I, truthfully, like, I want to believe that it's one, but I, I think it might be, you know, the latter, which is that they're going to, because we're already starting to kind of see it. Like, I, I don't know, Matthias, if you remember in the first podcast we did, we talked about, um, I forget the regulation. It's like SEC, shoot, do you remember? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I don't, I remember. We it was, were they were trying to regulate right essentially AMMs. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um, God, who was it that wrote the the letter back to them? Was it Dopex? Nope. It was Delphi. Delphi. Delphi, Delphi Digital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Delphi. Delphi wrote the that article back to them, basically saying that, like, you know, uh, that every, all all of the wording in their like regulation or all the wording in their, um, God, I'm so, I'm blanking on the fucking word. Uh, all of the all of the wording in this regulation that they're trying to pass was essentially just like missing the point, and it was you know 
not operating under the mission statement of the SEC's, uh, you know, actual regulatory goals. Um, and I think like that is obviously a microcosm of what I think could happen, which is that the government tries to step in, but isn't educated enough, isn't competent enough to really regulate the space in a way that's beneficial to everyone. Instead, it acts as a detriment kind of uh, unknowingly or, or, you know, involuntarily acts as a detriment to the space. And it's, it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a sad thing to think of. But unfortunately, I feel like that's kind of the direction it's headed. I mean, I think yeah, there's, the always, there's always, always been like that, right? Oh, no, I mean, I think we were both we're, we both have the same thing. But I was going to say, like, I think the, the government's always been a bull in a China shop. Like, it's just 100%, how they yeah. are, you know. Yeah. Sorry, well, there's always unintended consequences to any of these decisions. And then when you mm -hmm. make them, when you make them from a room in Washington, D.C., amongst people who have no idea of what's ha actually happening, it just becomes even worse because then they call, you know, they'll their, their way around that is calling the experts and, you know, who, who defines what an expert is, yeah. who chooses the expert, what's the expert's agenda. There's, there's a lot of problems all the way down the path that, that make it a problem, not just in the, it's, it's everything that we deal with on a daily basis in our lives. It's regulated one way or another. Um, it all happens like that. And, and it's not, it's not going to be a different in crypto. It's just so they don't screw it up too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were actually even talking about making validators, stakers, like all of those were going to be like, had to be KYC'd and like yeah. 1099 and yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, like, they would have, they were, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was at the end of 2020. If they had passed it, it basically would have killed any, any DeFi activity at all, which maybe was their yeah, goal. I mean, yeah, I mean, could be, I wonder, I mean, do you think that they will let DeFi live? Like any <clears throat> real decentralized DeFi? Do you think they'll actually let it flourish? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much right like it's it's kind of fatalistic or whatever but it's like kudos it, to you to having a kudos to you to having a fatalistic outlook and still still trying to build something in the space still yeah well you know you can you can throw your hands up and give up you can try and make something happen and yeah and it's uh, hands up or head down right yeah exactly well, I think it's funny that like, if you think about it, like if it works, then it's illegal. And if it doesn't work, then it's a Ponzi. So then it's like, okay, well, what, <laughs> you know, yeah. well, like, <laughs> great. I got good options, <laughs> but bank of yeah. America only gives you 0.00025% on your savings. So, you know, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. And that's why I don't think DeFi is going to work is because, um, you know, I, I don't have to say it. Everybody knows where the concentration of power is and, and yeah. uh, it's a direct affront to, banks um and it's got problems it's got its own problems so they've got plenty of excuses to regulate it and regulate it and end it but um it, it could work if it was done correctly and i'm not i'm not an expert on it i just just the concept of it could work if it's done correctly um right. but the, the likelihood that the the folks that have the money in their hands today are going to let it out to some dgens who are creating a decentralized system is not very high yeah, it's like the the likelihood of them trying to fix the problem rather than them letting the problem be the excuse to regulate it is is pretty slim. Exactly. Well, then, so then I think that begs the question too, like if all of it doesn't work or like, I mean, do you think Bitcoin also as well falls into that category or is that kind of just like ETH, DeFi? I mean, I know there's Bitcoin, DeFi, some bits here or it's starting, but what do you think about that? Like, do you think... Bitcoin. I mean, it's it's not like, yeah. What, what do you think? I can see them allowing the transfer of money using Bitcoin and those kind of things, but 
Uh, I don't know. I don't see them allowing any DeFi in the traditional sense happen unless it's centralized in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more like um, it's not asking for permission. It's like uh, I think there's some like quote or something like just instead of thinking if you can or say like who's going to stop me or whatever, like just going for it anyways, like basically just try and see who stops you like you're gonna see if they can you're talking about it's better it's easier to ask for uh, forgiveness and permission yeah kind of i think there's another one that's kind of similar but it's but i think i think it's basically if you just look at it as like it's a pvp environment and you know like the government's not going to help you so you kind of have to just do the best you can and you mm-hmm. know there you go. Like you didn't you, you didn't know. start that quote with, uh, or I guess you didn't preface it with uh, the old Chinese proverb like you normally do. It made it sound a lot, <laughs> a lot more. Specific. I should have. I should have. It's an old Chinese proverb I read in a uh, a, a, a McDonald's one time. <laughs> no, but I think it's interesting because I mean, what can you do other than just try and you know make something doable? And I, I'm hopeful that the innovation here. I mean, because there's a lot of smart people in DeFi and. In the space so i'm hoping somebody will kind of there's another satoshi out there that will crack the mold or, or crack the the problem <laughs> people always find a way around things so whatever regulation they have i'm confident that there'll be some way to work around it in some form or fashion and you know it'll be whack-a-mole they'll shut that down and people will work around it but um you know and and, and i don't it, it's not really worth to me sitting around and not doing anything because uh, i'm gonna try and predict what the outcome is going to be because i'll be wrong anyways so i might as well just mm-hmm. do what we're doing and then we'll see what happens afterwards we're yeah, not really that's... getting into DeFi ourselves i mean we're gonna have a token so technically you could call it DeFi, and if we do staking and those kind of things but sounds like a security me you know uh, but, but ultimately <laughs> I think the way that we're going to work it out is going to be uh, is going to make us um, safe, but who knows? I could be wrong, and then you know. But if I'm wrong, then it's not going to be like we're the only ones wrong. It'll be it'll be the way we set it up. If they if they shut it down, uh, the whole thing will get shut down. Not just not just the frogs. Yeah, I mean, I think my thing is like, if we all get locked up, is there some way we can all get locked up together? So it's like the fun area of the jail, you know what I mean? Like, at yeah. least it'll be fun. But like, damn, you remember that 10,000 APY? Shit was wild. <laughs> uh, all get locked up together. I love that. Yeah, well, it's their brainstorming stuff. <laughs> yeah, just throw us in records. Yeah, but no, I, th- I think that's totally true. I mean, I, I thinking that I think that people get into the idea like, oh shit, the government, you know, is on omnipotent and like, you know, if they want to kill something, they can. But like, there's maximum security prisons where people are drug addicts. Like, you 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 can get like, there's always a way through. There's always, you know, nature will find a way. Like, DGENs will find a way. You know. Yeah, that's what we have. <laughs> I'm hopeful. That's <laughs> well, the maybe we can... case. I don't know, Matthias, if you have any other like questions related to DeFi or the project or whatnot, but maybe yeah. we can hop over to some of our uh, some of our fun questions. Yeah, I mean, we can just jump into the fun ones. I the one I thought of, um, which was uh, when when Tapons uh, was talking about before. So, what gave you the conviction to come back to crypto crypto a second time after the last crash, especially with the way um, that you viewed crypto? It's like, you know, what would give you the conviction? Actually, the second time um, I was talking to, I was coaching a football team and I was talking to um, one of the assistant coaches 
and he was uh, he was a big uh, uh, I was called a moon boy. I mean, he was into crypto. He's, he's <laughs> been, he'd been since before 2017. And so he's talking about it and I was like, yeah, I was in it. I got wrecked. I said, I still got this and this, but um, I don't really I don't really pay much attention to it. And I said, I don't, I don't really understand it. It was all magic money and I lost. And he said, so he actually at that point explained the technology behind it to me. And it kind of it put a light bulb off in my head. And I was like, holy crap. I said, um, I never thought of it the way he explained it. And so I instantly, I mean, the next day, and it was a lot, it was, the timing was great because it was, um, I want to say it was August, um, either July or August before everything started pumping again in 2020. Um, and uh, I put, I, I got out of the stocks, which I had jumped into after the crash in March and rolled it into crypto. And it just worked out because everything started pumping after that. So it was luck um, as far as coming back in full force. It was luck. There we go. You guys heard it here. Just get lucky. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of life, Definitely man. Helps. I mean, a lot of it is a lot of it is hard work. Um, and you know, the more you, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. But some of it's just dumb luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I totally. I think that's super true. Like, but um, I the only the other one I wanted to throw in there was, what do you think about M and A in crypto and in NFTs? Do you think like that'll be start that'll start growing? Will we hit like a roaring eighties of M and A in DeFi crypto? NFTs, M and A, uh, mer yeah. mergers and acquisitions. Um, oh, in mergers and acquisitions. Okay, I yeah, never. I I've never heard anybody use that term in crypto. That's why. You yeah, it's, it's very, it's very tradfi. Yeah, Pretty niche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so yeah, I think any any new space um, goes through phases, and and of course, in crypto, it's going to go faster. But the first phase are the. Uh, you know, outside of crypto and, and, the, and the world you're probably from, it's the small family businesses that start up. Um, then, you know, a big VC gets into the business and just starts gobbling up, gobbling up and consolidating, right? Um, mm -hmm. Over time. And, and that's just going to fast forward here. So, yeah, I think there will be consolidation um, because, again, ultimately, Nobody, very few people are here for the decentralization. They're here for the money, and um, and there's one way to make more money, and that's to acquire more things that that can get you a return. So yeah, for sure, I think there'll be more of that. Yeah, I think it's interesting that we see this. That like a lot of the same stuff that plays out historically in the stock market um, just plays out in crypto in turbo mode. Like the you know super fast fast forward twenty x. Like it's just we're rushing through the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, it happens in every, it's not even the stock market, it happens in every industry, right? It's, it's a, mm -hmm. uh, if you look at all different industries throughout time, it always starts again, just these small organizations, one becomes a big one and wants to grow and the fastest way to grow is just to acquire the rest instead of building it out. And so that's natural, it's just, everything's happening at warp speed here. <laughs> we trend so towards you, monopolies basically you've right? talked to you've talked a lot about like your influences from a belief standpoint like your own perspectives your beliefs like and how they translate into the space but uh you want to talk a little bit about some of your influences maybe from other projects or you know other people etc cetera, etc cetera, for building this uh project 
projects, there's not really a lot of, I wouldn't say there's a lot of influence from other projects. Um, mm -hmm. Some projects that I have respect for, and that there's, you can see some tinges of it in our project. Um, so I, I've said it multiple times, the, the board apes, um, Yuga gets credit for creating the apes and for mm -hmm. creating, I guess the term is good vibes around the apes, but I give the ape holders for the most part, the credit of building that brand. Um, and mm -hmm. so that's one thing that I stress to the frogs a lot is, uh, the project is going to be successful if they can build the brand in on Twitter specifically, because that's where, mm -hmm. that's where the board has built their brand. And so they're doing a great job of that. And so, uh, you can see some of that drifting into us, um, the seals slash pixel verse world, those, those guys, um, I think they building a strong community that um, uh, they all uh, they have fun together on Twitter. I mean, there's you know you got bad apples in every community for the most part. They're all having fun together. They're you know they all if if one of them starts chirping on somebody, then they all start come chirping. And so they do a good <laughs> job of that as well. And so I think uh, you see some of that in our community also. Um, and actually, I like the way House has done what they've done. I don't know if you know House Pass and um, those guys. Mm -hmm. I like the way that they've done as far as being mysterious and um, bringing value to the holders of the original House Pass. Llama, Llama does the same thing. So uh, I guess, yeah, I think I answered the question there. Yeah, and it's a, uh, you know, I got to say, man, like, I think you have a, I have a positive outlook for whether or not your community will be able to sort of build up that same, um, let's call it like effort towards, towards your vision. And, and hopefully the community shares that vision. It seems like they do. Like, I think the second you retweet, I had posted the schedule of our podcast for the week. And I remember when you retweeted that schedule, or maybe even just liked it, I can't remember. Uh, I think I had like, I don't know, somewhere between like 10 and like 30 frogs uh, follow me on Twitter right after. <laughs> and so I got to say, I mean, you know, it's kind of it's kind of corny that we're talking about followers and whatnot on the pod. But I do think it kind of speaks highly to to your community kind of being behind that vision. They really are. And, they, and they're having fun. And that's the that's that's the important part. We're going to reward them, too, um, with mm -hmm. our FRG token. Uh, but they're, they're all having fun. And, and uh, to me, that's 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 what's going to continue the momentum is we bring on new frogs and they they like what we're doing and uh it's it's fun to go out there and uh when these people do their engagement farming we know it's engagement farming but like i tell the frogs they're winning in the term we're winning in the long run because we're breaking into their algorithm and that's that's the key for our strategy and and uh, i need to stop saying it because other people are going to figure it out but uh, that's the, the key to our strategy is breaking into other people out timeline, breaking into their timelines by breaking through the algorithm. So we'll play all the engagement farming that people want and they think they're winning, but we're winning. I like that. Um, I like that a lot. And, you know, you, you, you spoke a lot about how, you know, the project project is kind of the antithesis to uh, the crypto influencer. And on that same note, I'd like to ask, like, do you, are there anyone that you would consider, is there anyone that you would consider on Twitter as a crypto influencer that you do respect, that you do think is giving raw information? Uh, crypto or NFTs or both? Sorry, I'll say like the Web3 space, DeFi, NFTs, uh, crypto. I, I've been, um, 
I always forget his last name because I know somebody with a similar last name, Benjamin, um, the into the cryptoverse guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he is probably the most upfront and honest, um, as far as the macro market itself. Um, and, uh, I mean, to the point to where he, uh, he had this theory. I don't, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know if I see you. I think so. I, yeah. I think I've watched a few. Can you remember it? Yeah. Can, can you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, I'll pull it up. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, there's so many different ways to kind of do an NFT product and, and the NFT space. is just such like a open, I mean, I do like about crypto and NFTs that, I mean, especially um, NFTs, there's like no real barrier to entry. Like you can just get in however you want. It, it's kind of very um, like a meritocracy kind of, you know, there's definitely stuff, but um, that's definitely yeah, one upside. There's it not should a lot be of a meritocracy. It should be a meritocracy. Right. It's not, it, 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 in some instances, some people break through mm -hmm. it, and, um, but a lot of it is, and, I, and I'm in these chats, right? I'm in some of these chats where these guys are all coordinating what they're doing um mm -hmm. and uh it's uh so there's a lot of that that happens and, and i'm not in the good ones believe me i'm in the ones that uh probably are getting all the secondhand information and then there's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's the chats that they're, they're making things happen and, and uh you you can you can you can tell who those people are if you if you just watch and that's one thing that we're going to start doing is that it won't be right away one thing we start doing is we're going to have a list of influencers and we're going to start mm -hmm. tracking. We're going to start tracking their calls, right? And you can start seeing when they pop up. And, and I know just from watching it, the ones that are working them together in the background, because they'll just start going, right? One will post mm -hmm. something about it. Then the other one will post something about it. And they'll try and be sly about it. But it's obvious what's happening. And so we're going to start tracking that. But anyways, I digress. The guy's name is Benjamin Cowan or Cohen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, into, yeah. into the cryptoverse. He's got like 650,000 followers. So he's... He's pretty well known, um, and so I like him because he uses data and he reports the data. And he had a theory that we were going to be in a lengthening cycle. And as soon as this most recent dump, he said, "Well, my my theory was wrong." And so that's that's how you know you're dealing with somebody that uh, is straight up because he could have made an excuse and blamed it on manipulation and this and that. But he just said, "Hey, my my theory was wrong, so we're going to move on." So. I, like well, I, gotta, I, I am excited to see all of the uh, splinter cell frogs in these uh, in these influencer discords. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to see what happens. <laughs> double they agents, got, yeah, way. little double agents. <laughs> change your Discord name, change your PFP, enter X Discord, and and leak all the information. I like that. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I love this. I love this too because I've always thought about that, like going backwards to like you know the last crash or something like that, and looking through people's uh, Twitter accounts, like a lot of the mm -hmm. big ones and stuff like that, and seeing like what were people saying as it was lining up to like right before the crash, like were people who saw it coming, who didn't, who got lucky, you know, like a, a lot of that stuff. Um, but that's like a lot of data work. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, and yeah. uh, it'd be interesting for somebody to do that for sure. Wink, wink. Depon's is already doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, hell yeah. I'm, that's why I'm holding my frogs. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm minted and diamond handed these bad boys. So, <laughs> but that, um, man. yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's really good to see who will kind of with new information make a different decision or go against um, you know, data that are, or, or positions that they held quite strongly before. 
Um, I don't know. I think uh, Cowan is in that camp, but I don't know about – not a big fan of Plan B. I think he has not gone that way. I think he's been no, doubling he, down. His, his model failed, and so he should just say my model failed. Um, yeah. Like uh, Coin Bureau, I like him. Oh, yeah, um, he's really good. Yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I really like him too. He's very level. <laughs> like even on bullish ones, he'll go like, and now here's the downsides. Like – you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the NFT space, I don't really, there's not really a big influencer that I trust in the NFT space as far as um, that are, that are actually out there trying to tell you what to buy. There's not many of those that I trust. There's some that I like a lot. I like thread guy. He cracks me up. Um, and he's, <laughs> he's very genuine and we've known each other since both of us were sub 10,000 followers and I was actually, I had more followers than him. And, and then he just, I mean, he left Blew me up. in the dust, which, yeah. which he should because he's much better on Twitter than I am. So there's no, <laughs> so yeah, he's, I like him a lot. Yeah. I mean, I wonder on that note, if it's harder to, if, is it that there's less credible or like, um, uh, less like people that aren't influenced by their biases on NFT Twitter and compared to DeFi Twitter, or is it just that, um you know it's so much more subjective like you know on crypto twitter or or um a defi twitter like if a project is like a straight up rug you're like okay this is just a rug but like on nfts it's like oh okay we're just in it for the art or you know like suddenly yeah. something bad comes out you know what i mean like I is it harder i think the difference is i think the difference is when you're in defi you're pretending that you're actually doing something that's smart when you're in yeah. NFTs, it is just pure. I mean, it's all nonsense. I mean, dude, just listen to your conversation that you're having with somebody about what you're doing, and you just sound like an idiot. So it's it's <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, the NFT space is just it, it is literally filled with degens and gamers and crazy people that uh, are they they may say they like the art and they probably do, but they only like the art because it's going to be more and they can make money on it. I've never yeah. liked the art on anything so much that I wouldn't sell it and make a profit. So, and I don't think that exists in the space, in in the ten thousand PFP world, anyways. Maybe in the one on ones, yeah. but not yeah. under the ten thousand PFP world. What do you think so about I, that? I really think it's just a to... difference of. I think it's a difference of the the people that are trading DeFi and coins. They think they're actually investing in something, or at least they're pretending that mm -hmm. they're actually investing in something. Here, it's just bedlam in the NFT space. <laughs> I like it. I mean, do you think that's different than the TradFi art world, or is that basically the same, but there's, you know, experts that have gone to college and can, you know, get... I, I mean, those know. kids get tricked, too. So. I don't know anything about the art world outside of NFTs. I don't know anything about the art world inside NFTs, so I couldn't tell you. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for the art. It's all yeah. a Ponzi. All right, I mean, I will, say, I will say that I think, like, with the acquisition of art right like literal art i feel like you know there are a lot more people that look at art through their own lens rather than through the lens of you know a group of people in the same space you know what i sure. mean like i think a lot of people look at something and they say like wow i really like that i'm gonna buy it you know whereas like i think in the nft space when we look at projects we try to like you know, empathy is not the right word necessarily because it has a positive connotation but we try to look at the nfts through the lens of everyone else that's in the space like will this take off and obviously yeah. like the the thesis there is is monetary it's not subject it's not subjective in the sense of like how it makes you feel and how much you actually like it right like you're just trying to say like will this take off like do they have a decent team is the is the art pretty cool like cool enough that other people will be into it and then it's like yeah. what's the community like etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's yeah, not really like wow 
Sorry to interrupt. The only ones that Better I like that uh, that I was like, oh man, these look cool, uh, are the frogs, obviously. Uh, <laughs> the the, the, the um, I really like. I mean, those things look cool. When I had my Azuki, I, I thought it, I thought it looked cool. No, I agree. Uh, and then, I don't know if you know the ghosts. Um, mm -hmm. It's like GX Project GXN. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. those look cool, but. They're a little too demonic for me, but other but the other than that, there's nothing I've seen that I'd be like, man, that's that's super cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the JPEGs look a little bit nicer at like 10 ETH versus and 20 ETH <laughs> versus like you know 0 0.002, and it starts you know it looks good sure. the better it gets up, you know. But um, yeah, you almost wonder what you would actually buy if like you couldn't if you were just blinded to like community, blinded to like the floor price, etc. Like what you would actually be willing to put money into. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the some, like some of the apes look cool, but nobody yeah. would buy an ape with a piece of pizza hanging out of its mouth uh, if it wasn't a hundred ETH. I mean, if they couldn't get a yeah. hundred ETH on it, I mean, or ten ETH, or any, if there wasn't a profit from it, nobody's gonna have a PFP with a piece of pizza hanging out of its mouth. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if they would even have would have uh, the conviction to buy it if they had to do it with cash. You know, like there yeah. is something about like it's ETH and it's like really mm -hmm. not in your account. And I mean, we hear about it all the time where they're like, fuck, I just spent, you know, 0.2 ETH at the grocery store and it was insane, you know, or whatever, half an ETH at the grocery store. And I just bought something for like three ETH, no problem. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's it kind of does skew the way uh, money is, is looked at. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I was gonna say I have bought PFPs that were like or, or art for like PFPs where you're like, great, this looks good, and you know, like I, I like it. I feel weird a little bit. Like I wouldn't make my PFP anything that I don't own, that anybody really like will you know can stop you or or checks you. But I think that's maybe just me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, and anybody who like right click saves it and uses it as well, it feels more of like a they're like a, a groupie or something not really like oh i'm stealing your stuff you know what i mean like it doesn't feel like yeah every person with an acdc shirt on isn't you know in the band <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it's like, but cool well i think we're almost at we just hit an hour uh i think in a minute so um yeah probably a good time we can if yeah thoughts questions thanks for uh thanks for joining us the pawns like I, I i do think that you have some really intuitive thoughts and i do really like the the plague project i like what you guys are doing i i like what it seems like you have in the pipeline and what the idea behind it is and the driving force and you know it was it was great talking to you man i had a lot of fun likewise yeah. thanks for having me i really appreciate it yeah of course um yeah, and sure. uh we'll probably get this pod up either tonight or in the morning so i'll let you know okay yeah so let me know when Sweet. Yeah, and then uh, if we want to do a, a Twitter space sometime, I think it would be fun get the community in here, especially with the uh, everything's a Ponzi uh, takes <laughs> here. I mean, I think it would be fun to see what people, because some people, I mean, people, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. And I think people need to be exposed to it a little bit more, like need to know when you're in danger, when there's real danger. And, you know, some things are dangerous, but not very, or things seem safe, but they're not very dangerous. And it's just People need a better sense of NFT and uh, crypto Ponzi danger. <laughs> like they need to realize, yeah. they need to wake up a little bit. There's, there's no doubt that the value is subjective on most things. Okay, so there's no doubt about yeah. that. So you, that argument is is true. But, but there's there's some there's some um, danger in falling back on that argument with everything that you're doing too. So yeah, anyways. you don't want to lean on it with uh, all your weight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. Cool. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one. Bye. Bye.